Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 177 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, and I am here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Excited about this one. I'm super excited. Uh, I have to give Katie a shout out because she suggested this episode topic. We are going to talk about Halloween costumes for the bulk of the episode. And then Katie's with me at the end of the show. And instead of doing our usual struggle, success, discovery, um, she and I are going to talk about Halloween picture books. Katie loves to read and she's in that phase where it's all picture books all the time with her two little kids. And I also love to talk about picture books. So this is an all Halloween episode and you and I are mostly going to talk about costumes, Megan, and I'm super excited. Me too. This is going to be fun because I have not actually gone down memory lane about this in a while. And Halloween's one of my very favorite ho- um, holidays. Yeah. And especially when the kids were little, I just loved it so much. And I hadn't thought about their costumes and stuff in a while. So I know. And really when you when your kids are tiny um, and we're using our hindsight, our, our time machine, um, I feel like mom gets to think and plan a lot more about the costumes than, say, the kids, the ages our kids are now. Um, and we'll talk about how that changes over time. But I had so much fun looking at the catalogs Me and too. picking out costumes oh when they gosh. were babies. So we're going to talk about what our kids were, tips for choosing costumes, any funny stories we have, and kind of how it changes over time because we still have kids celebrating Halloween. It just looks a little different. Sarah, our sponsor, Vionic, is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. 
Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out, (laughs) and their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first mani system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first mini system. All right, Megan, we're going to launch in and talk about some Halloween costumes. Um, So I'm kind of driving the bus. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. And the first one is kind of a lightning round. I thought this would be fun. So I'm saying in 60 seconds, but I will be I will be lenient with that. But I want you to name as many costumes as you can. (sighs) That okay. your kids wore between like in between the ages of like zero to 12. I know the teenagers can still dress up, but it does. It does kind of change a little bit. So yeah, let's say does. like elementary school and younger um, and just go. Do you want a real timer on your mark? No, because <laughs> I feel like I want to elaborate a little bit on okay. some of these. OK, so um, you can elaborate. But in and, a- I, and I actually did have to write them down because there was like. For a second, I was like, wait, was there a bumblebee, a butterfly or a ladybug? Like it took me a while to really be able to remember some of those early right. ones. So yes, I, I did write it down. There was also a ton of repetition in my family. So here, I'm going to jump in. OK. OK. Peapod. That was a one step ahead one. I'll never forget that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Ladybug. Like for, a, for an infant, right? I'm already yes, interrupting. For an infant. OK. Puppy, 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 puppy. I'm, I'm going to say eight puppies because all of my kids wore the same puppy costume multiple times and they all looked stinking adorable in it. I love it. Night. I think we did the night at least three times. Halloween, man. That was a year that Jacob didn't know what he wanted to be and he was stressing about it. So we basically just put a bunch of stuff from the dress up bin on himself and called himself Halloween, man. I love it. Um, Ninja, 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 ninja. I'm going to say at least nine ninjas in there spread across um, the kids. Kitty, probably three times. Random anime guys that I have actually no idea who they are. That was kind of like a between the ages of like nine to 11 and 12 Mm -hmm. kids got into anime and they dressed up like anime. I have no idea. Power Ranger, Power Ranger, Power (laughs) Ranger, Power Ranger. We had at least two of those, maybe three. Um, Jester. Oh, Scarecrow. Scarecrow was the only costume I ever made from scratch and it was awesome. It was adorable. I bet that is adorable. And then a whole assortment of (laughs) random cloaked medieval type dudes. (laughs) And I'll talk more about that later, but the idea is like, Really, all it takes is a cloak of some sort and then some kind of accoutrement. A weapon, perhaps. A weapon, usually. <laughs> yes. And then you have a, a you have a, a costume. And my yeah. kids really very liberally took advantage of that. I love it. I feel like I've seen some pictures of your kids in Halloween times over the years. But when you yeah. and I first started working together, you know, you were left with one little kid and then a bunch of like elementary schoolers. Yes. So I, I feel like I need to see more. We'll have to dig out all of the old pictures for this. Yeah. I need, the peapod. I need the peapod in my life. 
<laughs> um, it occurs to me, I'm going to do mine in just a second, but it occurs to me with baby costumes in particular that when your baby is born makes such a difference in what they are for their first Halloween. Because if you have like an infant, like say a summer baby who's only two or three months old, or even an early fall baby who's like teeny tiny, that's different than I had two late spring babies. They were both like five or six months by Halloween. So they were sitting up and it just makes a difference in those first baby costumes. Yeah. Um, and there's so many cute options. Okay. So I'll do mine. Uh, monkey B doctor i had a two-year-old be a doctor i'll I'll, I'll come back to that costume too that was cute butterfly tinkerbell annie as in from Mm. the musical annie hermione from harry potter a cactus a chef betsy ross that was last year um a train engineer like a you know whatever you call like the striped overalls type of thing a knight a dragon pikachu ninja i want to say that the ninja when you were saying ninja 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 i feel like this ninja was like a certain it was like a ninja hybrid something else and now i'm blanking that out that often happens as like well a ninja, yeah. it wasn't a ninja dragon but it was a ninja something else um but anyway. oh i forgot to add princess witch to mine that oh, was yeah. clara okay. one year she was princess dress and a witch hat the hybrids the, are a thing hybrids are a thing especially yeah. as your as your dress up Bin grows. Yes. Um, a skeleton dragon. That was another hybrid. <laughs> although that was the actual costume purchased. It was oh, a that's funny. like a dead dragon kind of like you know oh, like yeah. a. <laughs> like I like how you got all whispery like a dead dragon. <laughs> it's kind of gross. I want to talk out loud about okay, that. Okay, then we go back to the babies because I did these in order of kids. So then there was a strawberry, Minnie Mouse. Oh, another bee, uh, a witch, kind of a cute witch, a pig, and a leopard. So that's kind. Of, I'm pretty sure that's everybody. I didn't go back and count and check, but. I think that's everybody. Um, love it. I love Can I it. quickly share a little story? Of course. It's not really about baby costumes, but it is about Halloween. Okay. So when when Isaac's first Halloween, he was, well, he's born on September 24th. So he was like five weeks old. Yeah. You know, and I did dress him up as something. I don't remember what it was, but I took him. We lived in an apartment complex and I took him and Jacob all around the apartment complex. And so, you know, I'm this new mom. Um and I've got this baby in a sling uh-huh. and I've got a toddler, a two-year-old. He wasn't even quite two yet. Uh, Jacob wasn't. And we're walking around the apartment complex and I, I hit like, I mean, I hit like four buildings. Mm-hmm. And then I look down and realize that my shirt is completely unbuttoned oh. and the nursing flap on my bra is down. <laughs> so you, whole- were, you were dressed up. As, right. That's what a, I'm saying. Like I was some kind of costume. I don't know what it was. I don't think people mommy. probably saw my nipple because <laughs> there was a baby head in front of it. And I think what had happened was I think I was nursing in the sling right before, like as I'm getting yeah. Jacob ready to go. And then I just stood up and kind of straightened my shirt out and didn't actually button back up. And you know, like when you have a baby in a sling, there's so much fabric on you. Yeah. You don't realize that you're unclothed. No, because it all feels like part of the same outfit. Even right. the baby is like part of <laughs> right. The, the baby was part of my outfit. The the sling was part of my outfit. So that was the Halloween that Megan flashed her entire. Yeah, you were dressed complex. up as like a zombie new mom. Right. Y- you know what? That's a great put it, costume. Put it on Pinterest. <laughs> um, okay. So w- this next question, we're going to get into like where over the years we've found luck shopping for kids Halloween costumes. But to me, something that is related is when the kid chooses their costume, like timing wise, we're recording this at the very beginning of October. It'll air the second week of October. Yeah. But there's like this weird timing where I feel like the catalogs and some of the marketing starts arriving very early in September. But then when you actually pull the trigger and the kids choose and like, okay, now this is what you're going to be. And then, then the end of that is like, 
everyone's out of costumes and you can't find what yeah. you need. So I don't know. Do you want to talk about how that's worked in your family? Well, I'll talk about the timing and then I'll let you talk about okay. where because I think we have a lot of shared okay. um, wares. I, so w- this is interestingly one of those things I was so much more on top of when my kids were really little, which is, I don't know, kind of weird to me that I was so much more ahead of like I would get the catalogs out in September, early September and order. Cause you know, those, those costumes, the cute ones go really fast. They go really fast. And they, they're really yeah. smart about when the cost, I remember, I think the costumes arrived like the first year I had a baby and I hadn't even thought about yeah. Halloween. It was like August 28th and there was yep. the one step ahead catalog. And the older they've gotten, the more lazy I got mm-hmm. about it. And I want to say that's pretty much how it worked in my household too. Like to the point where literally uh, sometimes I'm pulling out the dress up bin the day of Halloween and we're just <laughs> piecing stuff together or at the very, it also depends. We don't every year, we don't buy new costumes every year. Okay. We, because the ones that my kids, the bigger, you know, the older they get, the more expensive the costumes yes. get. And so now when my kids have wanted a specific costume, sometimes they're like 70 or $80. Yeah. So that's like a once every two to three years yeah. kind of purchase. And then the rest of the time you make do. So it kind of depends where we are budget wise, uh, where we are in the rotation, who wants what, yeah. how we do the timing. But I would say we typically typically now are closer to the day of than not. And I also also say that if you're the mom who goes to Target um, the day of Halloween, you're going to get some great deals. You're not going to be able to probably pick, be super choosy. Yeah. But your kid will make do. Yeah. So and that's OK, too. <laughs> we've talked about on the show, sometimes limited choices are better. Yes. Hopefully we'll have time. I have kind of an epic preschool meltdown story that was actually Violet having too many options. And yes. like we almost couldn't go trick or treating because... I didn't think it was a big deal to have her decide at the last minute. She hadn't liked the costume that she wore to preschool earlier that day. So I was like, well, that's okay because we have a million choices. It turns out uh, for a three-year-old, a million choices was not good. So yeah, I mean, the night before Halloween, run to Target, see what's left. I have no, there's no shame in that game. Um, so the way it works in our house is I, I do offer to buy one costume per kid per Halloween. I feel like money wise, it's averaged out because sometimes we're borrowing. Sometimes I'm buying, buying just a couple of accessories and then they're wearing just, you know, black pants and a black shirt to be a ninja. And I'm just buying like a sword or whatever. So, and then there have been other times where I've bought a whole costume. It's been pricey. Um, I mentioned that Allegra was a doctor when she was two and a half and it was her idea. I think she was one of those toddlers who was really afraid of the doctor, you know, as many toddlers are. And you know how sometimes kids fixate on what they're afraid of. So it was almost like in her make believe she wanted to be, be the doctor. It It was was, the scariest costume she could come up with. Exactly. It was, it was a terrifying (laughs) costume. And I bought the one step ahead. May they rest in peace. They have been absorbed by Montgomery Ward of all things. And they don't even have costumes on their site anymore, but you and I were both big fans. They had a doctor costume complete with scrubs and a white lab coat and a real looking stethoscope. And I had Dr. Powers put on it for extra money. So I probably spent 45, 50 bucks on this costume, but everybody's worn it for like random school dress up days. And I bought it. She was two and a half, but I bought it in a size like four to six. She was a really big toddler. So it would still fit Violet now. And I've had it for eight years and it's gone through all three kids. It's super cute. Um, So I guess that's to say that we've run the gamut. When I say I will buy one costume per kid per year, it's not always the $50 full set thing. Sometimes we're just accessorizing, like you said. Um, A couple of places that have worked for us um, is consignment stores, like your kids' resale stores. I know often they'll advertise, too, when they're putting costumes out. We got a great Disney Tinkerbell for, like, 
eight dollars or something. And costumes don't get a lot of wear. No, they don't. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Old Navy when they were babies had it seemed like great. Um, they were always for warm weather places, which is a little hard yeah. in Arizona. But they were like just fleecy pants and then some little hoodie thing. And that was our monkey costume was Old Navy. And I feel like they still do that at Old Navy. So yep. really cute and like fifteen dollars or maybe. Maybe inflation has caught up a little bit, but it seemed like they were cheap. Um, as the kids have gotten older, Amazon has worked for us the last few years. Very inexpensive. Um, in fact, Reed is now like in deep, deep into reading reviews for like 10 different Grim Reaper costumes right now. They all look exactly the same to me, but he's caught on to this idea of like reading the reviews and seeing which one's the best one and which one yeah. comes with the weapon he wants. And so Amazon, awesome. yeah, like Amazon, I would say for the last couple of years for very inexpensive, they're not the highest quality, but they have totally Worked. I feel like we've bought one or two on Amazon as well. I mean, it's always definitely something to have in your arsenal. Yeah. And um, I think sizing gets easier as kids get older, too. I remember being kind of yeah. stressed out about sizing because Halloween costumes can be sized really. Uh, it's like a broad. They paint with a broad brush like this will fit a three to seven year old. And then you have no idea like if it will actually fit. So right. I feel like as kids get older, that is less of an issue. Um, those are all great suggestions. I want to add that I've had a luck over the years subbing pajamas in yes as pieces of or the whole yep you know the whole thing so like old navy is a great place to go and get halloween themed pajamas yep. if you need something you can sometimes just like add ears yep adding like ears really, add a tail yeah add ears and a tail um a lot of times like the princess nightgowns oh yeah i mean i yeah clara has never liked princess stuff but i want to say even for her one year she wore like a disney princess nightgown and the nice thing is she uses the nightgown so we right. felt less wasteful that was the year she was the princess witch Oh, she yeah. had like a purple, I think it was Tinkerbell princess gown and yeah. then a orange witch hat. She looked adorable. Um, so those are just, you know, I mean, sometimes you just got to phone in a little bit and I am all about phoning it in. And the thing is, the kids don't care often. Like older kids get real specific about what they want, but sometimes little kids just want to be dressed up and they're not, you know, sometimes it's for us. It, it, it definitely. And <laughs> I remember kind of a transition going from when it was totally about me. Like I yeah. had babies who literally had no say in the matter and then feeling like, oh, this child actually has some opinions. Like, right. We have to like figure that out. Um, I do because I will buy them a costume every year. I just say that I will buy one costume. You can commit if you're if you know what you want to be on August 31st, I will buy it. But then you don't, I don't buy anymore. So if you change your right. mind, then we have a new dress up costume and you figure out from the dress up in what you're going to be. And that has worked. We did have the epic meltdown of, I don't know, 2016 or something where Violet just had too many choices and, oh, yeah. she was just beside herself. Nothing she tried on, she wanted. And we had all these choices and it was terrible. But yeah. other than that, if they know that once they commit and I buy something, that's, that is the costume that they have chosen or they can go to the dress up bin. Yeah. And I sometimes had my kids pick a costume and then be kind of wavering because they really it's not that they don't want to be the thing they chose. They just also want to be something else. Yeah. So I, in that case, I have sometimes um, suggested that they wear that to the school. Yes. Parade, totally. whatever is the least complicated of the two costumes, yep. that that be the one that they wear to school that day, because at least at our school now they have to come in costume. So, you know. They're not going to be walking around like fully made up all day. We've had multiple years where they choose something different for either school or like if there's some kind of a fair or party we're going to like a week before yep. Halloween, they'll wear oh, something yeah. else yep. um, or wear the original costume and then wear something else on Halloween night. Um, yep. Have you have any of your kids as preschoolers flat out refused to wear a costume? Because I have um, known this from friends, mm. like almost been like anxious or we had one friend who was 
actually afraid of himself in a costume. Isn't that funny? Oh my gosh, that's adorable. Like it was no, really adorable. And so she got him a t-shirt that said, this is my Halloween costume. And that was oh, it for so like two cute. years when I want to say he was like three, four, five. And then he got over it. Um, but it was something that was like identity shaking. It was like really. And so they just went with it. But I'm um, throwing it out there in case others have experienced that. That yeah. it's, it's not you know, it's normal. That hasn't happened to me, but I have had kids resist choosing a costume. I've had kids say they didn't think that they wanted to dress up and then at the last minute uh, they changed their mind. So yeah. be be ready for that eventuality too. Like they might say no and then see, or they might be really excited to dress up and then cry the entire time like right. Clara did when she was a puppy at two years old. Yes. Um. So I just wanted to add on to the whole, like where we get the costumes from. Honestly, probably the biggest thing for us for the last six to seven, eight years maybe has been the dress up bin then we supplement it with pieces. So I don't go buy entire new costumes every year, but I will supplement with like a piece from the Halloween store, like with the boys, the black cloak thing. Like I said, we've got like all these random, you know, like nylon cheap black cloaks of different lengths. Some have hoods, some don't blah, blah, blah. But any, anything like that can become a costume. If you add a mask or a sword or a shield or a wand. And often that's my boys in particular, all they want, is the accoutrement. Yes. All they want is the weapon or whatever, yeah. the piece that goes with it. So we've had a lot of luck with that. And it does keep costs down because you yeah. don't have to go buy a whole new, you know, you don't have to go buy a new Grim Reaper or a new Ninja or a new Knight or whatever every time. Sometimes you just need the thing yes. that goes with it. Exactly. And then it still feels yeah. like something new um, for that exactly. year. I have all wanted to like have some kind of a costume exchange with neighbors and friends and I've never done it, but we have a very robust dress up bin. We've been handed down some really cool costumes and then all the ones that we've accumulated, but I've definitely borrowed from neighbors too. Like the texts start going around. Like, does anybody have an apron? Does anybody have, you know, so I feel like you could, you could mine your friend, your circle of friends for a lot of this too and save a yeah. buck. Um, since you were talking about weapons, that is a good transition to my next question. Next question. Have you ever had to discourage your kids from a costume choice for any reason? But the reasons I thought of was like too scary or too violent, inappropriate, expensive, like really any reason. Yeah. So, um, yes, (laughs) many times. Um, I've always just said no to guns. Yes. I I don't like them and I don't like them being part of a costume. So that's always been something that I've just discouraged. One time Owen got the sword and it was as tall as him. <laughs> I like in our outline, your first thing is big swords. And I thought, yes. oh, that's really specific. So I really tried to discourage him, but I was unable. It was like I had told him he could get one accessory. That was the one he wanted. And he got it. And I was like, Owen, you will not be able to carry the sword and your, your bag at the yeah. same time. And he's like, yes, I will. You know, he's the arguer. So he's like, yes, I will. Yes, I will. And then he couldn't and I had to carry it the entire time so then the next year when he wanted to carry it again I was like no way dude like that the sword is too big and that sword I don't know we finally got rid of it after years but it just kept turning up in the weirdest places and it was huge and like too big to actually be in any way usable or an accessory um I'm sure I've said no to really disturbing costumes I feel like 12 is when they suddenly start (laughs) to want to look like terrifying and yeah just no thank you and then I don't do like really complex makeup like there's like chunks of flesh falling off that kind of stuff no um too expensive is a big one and i started to say i stay out of the halloween store which isn't true i will buy things like like the accessories in the halloween stores but i don't typically go buy entire costumes in there because i just think they're so ridiculously expensive yeah and you can usually like we've said you can usually piece together the same pieces um, that are probably even better quality 
Um, okay, so I would say I'm similar. Uh, Guns hasn't even come up with any costumes, but I, that's a no-go. In fact, my husband has a full Han Solo from Star Wars adult costume that he got a couple years ago because he thought the kids would get a kick out of it. And it has a blaster, like a Star Wars blaster that looks way too realistic for me. And I don't let him take it out of his closet. So there I am, control freak wife, like will not even, <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a Kate, an adult Halloween party someday in his future, but I don't like it. Okay, so um, what other costumes have I said no to? You know, Reed got into, it's so funny, my kids were so scared of big kids running around in scary costumes. I mean, it would make them cry when they were toddlers, when those, yeah. and then like overnight, Reed wants to be this like zombie skeleton dragon. I'm like, this is a terrifying mask and you are a tiny boy. I have kind of rolled with it, but I have tried to like, I think I have said you can't wear that mask um, to school or like to this party where there's going to be a lot of little kids. And I do try to remind them, like, it is fun to be scary on Halloween. And I'm willing to go with you on that to a certain extent. But remember that you just a few years ago, you were those little kids who got really, really scared. And so right. if I say no, it's not always because I have like a philosophical, you know, like bone to pick. It might be because I don't want I want like Halloween to be fun for everybody. And I don't want my kids to be terrifying other little kids. So that's been, that has happened to us before. Um, I think, yeah, otherwise I'm kind of same as you. I wanted to say something about face paint though, because you were talking about complex makeup mm. and I, um, my husband is really, really good at face paint. It's like a, just a yeah. little bonus trick. So we have done great face paint over the years and I have enjoyed it so much more than masks or hats or like, cause sometimes they don't want to wear the hat or they don't want to wear the headpiece yeah. or the mask is uncomfortable. And then if they take it off, they don't look like what they're dressed up as. They look like somebody wearing yeah, that's black. true. They look like so, somebody who put on a weird. Right. Because the mask was everything. So I, whenever right. possible, I've tried to steer them away from masks and toward face paint and we've just gotten so, really good at face paint and I'll do face paint like I will always tell my kids I'll try like yeah. if you want me to make you look vaguely dead or whatever like I can <laughs> I'll try I'll accommodate but like I'm not gonna be able to copy what's on the box yeah and and once or twice I had a very disappointed kid yeah so it's not like I'm saying no, but I've discouraged. Like if it's something, you know, like ones where there's a big wart or like the nose is all puttied up and yeah, different that's, shaped or yeah, whatever. The, that's like I'm not, prosthetics. that's outside of my yeah. skill set. And so I don't want a kid disappointed as they're leaving my house, as they're leaving the house to go. So I just, you know, I just try to, I guess it's more about maintaining expect or I guess setting up the expectations that yeah. mom is not going to be able to make it look the way it looks in the packaging right. necessarily. Right. Well, and I think maybe if there's a takeaway to this one, it's that you are still the parent on Halloween. And there's like, I know I'm sure there's families listening that have much stricter definitions of what's too scary or too, you know, age inappropriate. Yeah. Or get, We haven't even talked about like girls and potentially sexy costumes, like all this whole thing. Ugh, I'm not there yet. I know yeah. we're not really either, but like you get to whatever you decide, you get to decide. And so I think that's maybe yeah. the takeaway. You're still the parent on Halloween and your kids will be fine. Like you just set the family yeah. rules or you change the family rules every year. Cause that's fine too. Um, and you, although just you know what, I'm not there yet, but I will say even for girls, Clara's age, I have noticed like some of the cat costumes and stuff are mm -hmm. disturbingly sexy. Yep. Like they look like little mini, ver they're, they're slinky. I don't yeah. even, they're like, they're just too much. And or, I, it's hard to put my finger on what it is. Cause it's not like there's lots of flesh exposed. It's more like the outfit looks like an adult outfit. And they're also overly gendered, right? Like a yes. cat is not a the boy cats and girl cats in nature look exactly alike unless you're they peeking do. under their 
hindquarters. So um, <laughs> the fact that the as fact one does as regularly. one does with cats, um, the <laughs> fact that a cat costume for even a little girl also has a tutu and sparkles is fine. If your if your daughter wants to be a sparkly pink kitty or like you know tutu kitty. That's totally fine. But if they just want to be a cat, it's sort of annoying that everything is super gendered. And also, if a boy yeah. wants to be a cat, then he might not want a tutu. Or he might. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's like those tight velour yoga pants. Yeah. Like the little mm-hmm. Leo outfit that looks vaguely like like it looks like they're in a production of cats. Yes. And not just a kitty. I'll link <laughs> so up, I just opt for sweats instead. Yeah. I'll link up. Violet wanted to be a leopard last year and her costume was adorable adorable and had zero of that it was looser so it wasn't tight it still was very little girlish it had a little bit of fur trim it was leopard print but it was so neutral and so refreshingly childlike I will link it up if anybody wants it it could be a cheetah leopard jaguar any of those it was adorable on Amazon for cheap um okay my last really quick question before we take a sponsor break and you've touched on this so I have never actually stepped inside one of these pop-up Halloween emporiums. Is that what you're talking about when you say the yeah, Halloween, the Halloween store? store around here? They're just called the Halloween store. Yeah, I think ours are too. I've just never gone in. Isn't that they're weird? awful? Yeah, they're awful places. They are useful sometimes. Like they can be really useful for just getting like an accessory or if you want a certain decor because they have everything. But in my opinion, they're a terrible place to look for costumes. Yeah, I've never. Um, so I'm just going to continue that streak and avoid with them. me being in a retail desert. Sometimes there aren't a lot of options. Sure. So that and there's always a Halloween store to go to. So sometimes but but you got to really be prepared to drop hundreds of dollars. I mean, it's I don't recommend it. Yeah. OK, well, I'll just continue my just streak don't, just don't do not it. going in them. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. We are going to continue with a few more things to discuss about Halloween costumes. And then before we wrap, I'm going to um, transition over to Katie and she and I are going to talk about Halloween books, which is going to be fun. Um, so, Megan, can we offer some general tips? We've talked about where we find the costumes and we've probably touched on some of these. But do we can we zoom out a little bit and offer any more general tips for like things we wish we would have known when our kids were? Little? Yeah. Well, you know, I think. I think it depends also what stage you're buying for. If you're buying a costume for a two-year-old, maybe it really like almost doesn't matter. Like the future doesn't matter as much unless you're going to have other kids. But if you're buying, in my experience, in that sort of, let's say four to 10-year-old range, Uh if you, and you mentioned buying a little bit big, going up a size, um, and then also filling in with accessories when you can and borrowing when you can, stuff like that. I think if you can think for... Not just for this Halloween, but for adding to your dress up bin. Totally. You're going to get so much more life out of that. And I would also add that that can also include things like keeping the pieces general, like keeping the pieces a little more neutral. Um, yeah. So 
you know, when you're putting together, um, I'm trying to think like what like an example would be a night costume. Mm -hmm. Does it have to look like something that the bottom piece can only ever be a night costume or can the bottom layer be lots of things and then you add some chain mail on top of it and that makes it the night. And I think sometimes it's cheaper to buy the stuff that's all in one, but then you're like, you're limiting yourself. Like it's cheaper to buy like the cheap polyester thing where everything's printed on it. Yeah. But then that's, that's it. That's all that will ever be. And if you buy like an undersuit, like a black or gray or some kind of neutral sort of like underlayer, that can be so many different things. So think for the future. I love it. Um, when you're buying pieces. I love it. Um, I think of the notes I wanted to make, we've talked about them a lot, but I want to mention again, think really carefully. I'm going to speak to like the toddler preschooler moms now about masks, hats and headgear and even yeah. babies, because even a nine month old baby will reach up and take that headband yep. or that hood off. So I think because they're so cute in the catalogs, um, I would say think carefully about costumes that rely on masks, hats and headgear. So the kid even might love the way it looks and you probably love the way it looks. But then it's a there's a very good chance they'll refuse to wear it, which is fine. It's all good. It's not the end of the world, but it might be disappointing to you or them if that's like the crux of the costume. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So again, I come back to face paint. Sometimes a simple headband instead of a mask or a full hat is a little bit more tolerable. Um, and maybe it's as simple as like going through the dollar section and having something as a backup. I definitely, we've definitely had costumes where it's like the kid just doesn't want to wear the big elaborate thing. So it's like, okay, well, here's a kitty ear headband and I'm going to put yeah. a nose on you. And so it's just maybe just think through some of those things. And obviously I think it goes without saying, but these are mostly battles that you're probably not going to want to like go to the death to. Like if the right. kid doesn't want to wear something it's it's just halloween it's just halloween um and so yeah that was kind of one of mine we talked about like gender neutral when possible unless unless the child wants to be pink and sparkly and tutu you can be a kitty without all of that you know you can always accessorize and then have the basics like we said um yeah i mean i think and i think uh, and just to kind of you know piggyback on your point about not taking these to the death i know that we live in a pinterest world and an Instagram world. And there's a lot of pressure to make everything creative and unique and new every single year. But I have to say, I love looking back through my kids' pictures and seeing them all dressed up in literally the same costume. Yeah. From year to year, there's something to me that's like really special about that. And, you know, it's kind of, it looks very phoned in from the outside because it's like, oh, there's, there's Will in the blue and black ninja. Oh, there's Owen in the blue and black ninja. Oh, there's Owen again as the blue (laughs) and black ninja. Those are all things that my kids chose. But part of the reason they chose them is because I didn't give them a lot of options. Right. And that was partially because I was just trying to get by. Right. Like yeah. I had five kids to get out the door and yeah. um, and clothe for Halloween. And so like the less I had to overthink it, the better. And I guess my point is just nobody was sad at the end of yeah. Halloween because I didn't get them and a brand new creative costume every single year. I've had times where I've thought like, in, especially in the pictures, because we all try and take the pictures and like it or not, this is part of our culture now. And I've had times where I feel little twinges of disappointment that, you know, so-and-so won't keep the Minnie Mouse ears on or so-and-so right. didn't like, didn't do it the way I wanted to. Like they wore their like bright Nike sneakers instead of a shoe that like kind of went with the costume. And then if with the removal of a few years, when you look back, like you said, yeah. you love those pictures. It might not have been the picture perfect that you were picturing that Halloween, but in five years it, you will love every detail of those pictures. So right, even the, exactly. like you said, the crying puppy and like, right. Maybe you said that to me before we started recording, like the picture where Clara's crying and yeah. Yes. Um, She's crying her eye makeup right off. Yep. It's adorable. I put around all the, 
every time I did the puppy, I did them the same. I gave them all a little brown nose and then like a patch around their eye. And they all, all of them look so stinking adorable. I wish I could dress them up as that puppy now. I know. Maybe Claire would be that puppy this year. I I have your Halloween costume. (laughs) It's Um, a puppy. The one you wore when you were two. Well, speaking of kids getting older, I was going to ask you to maybe give us a preview of what's the difference between, you know, like a nine or 10 year old, which is where I am right now, where they're getting older, but they're pretty, they're still pretty into it. And then like a 13, 14, 15 year old, like how does costuming change and like just what they want to do? It totally depends on the kid. Okay. Um, I I would say Jake and Isaac both dropped off sometime around that time, 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, William is a little more theatrical. He and his friends like to make movies. They like to dress up. So he will do something this I year. It. I, I think what's different is the costumes get more expensive. They get more elaborate. Mm-hmm. The kids get kind of wild in their ideas about what they're going to be able to pull off. <laughs> And also becomes, they change their minds where it becomes very last minute. So I just have kind of removed myself a little bit from it and like, hey, this is your budget this year. Do what you can with it, but I'm not going to be super involved. Um, Owen's 12 going on 13. I don't know what he'll do this year. I think he'll still dress up. My, my youngers are pretty into it and it, but I've seen like Mario, my nephew, his 26 or 27. He still dresses up. He never stopped. Yeah, it does. I think it definitely depends on the person. Um, yeah. Okay, so do you dress up for Halloween? Yes, no, or party dependent? Like, if I you almost, haven't... I almost never dress up on Halloween. Um, I might throw some ears on, or like a couple times I've I've kind of mimicked whatever Clara is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like cute. if she was a witch, I might wear a witch hat, something like that. But like we were for a long time throwing parties, and we would wear elaborate costumes to the party, not on Halloween, but usually the weekend before. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't done that in a few years, but I think. This year, actually, no, I went to a Halloween party last year and I did dress up. I kind of phoned it in. I was like a gypsy or some, something like I bought the shirt at Kohl's. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just kind of made a costume around what I could. Um, or no, I was a pirate. Sorry, I was a pirate winch. But like the last time we had a party, we it was the, an 80s movie theme. Mm-hmm. And like five of us picked different Tom Cruise movies. Oh, I remember that. And we remember dressed up pictures. as Tom Cruises. So like there was like all these different Tom Cruises and it, that was really fun. I haven't done that in a while, but I think this year I might again. Yeah, I can definitely. Yeah. I mean, no. So the short answer is I don't dress up for Halloween just because sometimes I wear like a black shirt or I try to be thematic. Um, yeah. Even that is subtly thematic. I really like eye makeup. I know you know this about me, Megan. So yeah. I might do some black eyeliner or a little extra mascara, which never hurts, or like a fun lipstick and um, or fun nails. Um, yes. That's more like me playing dress up as yeah. being girly. Um, that's about as much as I would go these days. I, I like the kids to be able to kind of shine in their thing. And it's usually, um, I, I haven't mentioned this, but my husband's birthday is October 30th. Oh, this okay. year, it happens to be a milestone birthday. So it's the lead up to Halloween is always even a little bit extra insane because of that. So I, I'm not opposed to moms dressing up for Halloween at all. It just hasn't been a priority for me um, in terms of like theme parties. And we're that's where we're going to wrap up in just a second here. But I definitely can get into costuming when I have something to go to. And like you said, like the Tom Cruise or the 80s theme. I love that kind of stuff. I just haven't had a lot of it in the last few years. So, yeah, it's um, my last question for you. Another lightning round is tell me an, as many costumes as you can remember about your own childhood. And it can be teenage and young adult, too. Yeah. Um, as you can. Okay, so, well, remember, I was the youngest of four. So by the time I came along, the costume bin, the dress up bin was very well established. Right. And I dressed myself out of it mostly for years. So I do remember being Scooby-Doo. And it was one of those terrible 70s versions of a costume where the mask has like no eye holes. (laughs) Uh And it's like a crappy plastic mask. And like the eye holes were so small. 
You couldn't see yes. it. I think I was Scooby-Doo twice. I was a girl in a gingham dress. I want to say it was Holly Hobby, but I don't know for sure. That was at like twice. Okay. I was a rich lady I because we that. had this long gold gown and a fur stole. And I would wear it. My, we had a, an amazing collection of wigs. I don't know why. Oh, that's just awesome. Did. Wigs and are I would put on really heavy like lipstick and, you know, makeup and have this wig and this long dress. Um, I was an army girl a couple of times. Okay. And then I think I just started. My mom always really liked scary costumes. Okay. And encouraged that. So I remember kind of then as I got older, like maybe 11, transforming into random scary stuff like dead prom queen and just yes, like stuff like that yeah that, like dead bride dead yeah. whatever dead yeah. something um and i did a lot of that kind of thing like going into high school and then i just t- totally stopped dressing up until i was an adult so yeah um yeah, how about you? okay so cookie monster my mom tells the story this is even like pre-memory because i want to say i was like two three and four but my mom tells the story of a very cheap cookie monster costume where it's almost the practically like not even vinyl, like almost like you could rip it like a yes. like a cheap um, party tablecloth like that. It, it, material. It's like those um, the Tyvek stuff that yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> and a mask and a cheap mask. So yeah. but my mom tells the story that I was, you know, I only got to wear it once. And so when the next year came around, she would be like, well, what do you want to be for Halloween? And I was like, well, duh, Cookie Monster. I already have a costume. Right. So I wore it when I was really little. The story goes that I did not want to be anything else. So I wore it. I don't know, many years in a row. And then I remember a series of like basically wearing a leotard or a nightgown to school and calling it something different. So like a cat, a princess, a baby. I remember wearing footy pajamas, like maybe fifth grade and thinking that was pretty fun as a big kid to wear footy pajamas and be a baby, a witch, a gypsy that was junior high. I remember liking that. Um, In early high school, like ninth grade, my two friends and I were like these kind of like hippie solstice fairies. And so Uh we were like the sun, the moon and the stars. And it was all thrift store and like crazy makeup. And that was like, again, we were like 14. So we were old enough to start, like you were saying with William, it was fun. And then some of my like young adult, like college cowgirl, 50s, like Greece. Um, One year I was a devil ballerina and that was really fun. And I did that all myself. I was in, I was in my twenties, but I, I worked at a restaurant on Halloween and we had to dress up. That was a fun one. The last time I remember doing it in college, Jenna and I went to this costume shop and picked out our costumes together. And we both tried to be like, like Swiss Miss girls. Like we both yes. had like little, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. But she had so much a better body than me at the time that she looked like the St. Pauli's girl. She did not try to be the St. Pauli's girl, but she had, you know, yes. boobs. And she I did was not. endowed. And I looked like Swiss Miss. <laughs> So I so look like, like clean and dirty Swiss Miss. Kind like, of. Yes. Yeah. So we go out together and I look like this little kid. Yes. And Jenna looked like this sexy lady. Yes. And so is, guess who got all the attention at the that parties? Is, Not me. That is so Not I, I really hope there are photos from that. <laughs> there may be in a box somewhere. I'll try to dig them up. Um, okay, guys. So real quick, we are going to wrap up. Head to the show notes, though, at themomhour.com. I'm going to dig up a whole bunch of as many old photos as we can from Halloween. So I think that would be really fun. I have a couple blog posts we didn't even get a chance to mention with more ideas. Um, so if you are looking for costume ideas, just head to the show notes at themomhour.com. And then I wanted to mention for Cue It Up really quickly um, that we have an episode all about Halloween parenting. And it's different than this. It's more about like managing candy consumption yeah. and dealing with kids who get really scared. So there might be a little overlap here, but it's pretty different. And I want to say it's 2016. So just scroll back to the Octobers in your podcast app and I will link it up at themomhour.com. And it's called Halloween Parenting at Every Age. And that was a fun one. It's probably 2016, I'm guessing. Two I think years you're ago. right because it wasn't last year. It I wasn't last year. Um, okay, so this was really fun, Megan. And you guys stick around. So Katie and I chat about Halloween picture books for kids coming up next. And we will be back with you guys soon. 
Hey guys, I'm here with Katie. Hey Katie. Hey Sarah. So we're switching things up a little bit. I'm excited about this. Um, we are going to be talking about our favorite Halloween picture books and we're going to get to it in just a second. But those of you who've been listening a long time, you know that Katie traditionally has brought a struggle, a success, and a discovery. And I don't think we're abandoning that forever, but I'm liking the idea that for the next few times you come on, we can maybe just go a little deeper into one topic. I love that. So I don't know. Has it been like a year and a half? How long have we been doing this? A long time. A long time. Yeah. I mean, Luke is 25 months and we met when he was maybe three months and right around the six month or no, probably around the four month mark is when I started. Doing okay. It. So, so it's like, been like two years. Almost two years. Yeah. Um, and so those, I, I mean, our listeners love those segments with you. So again, but I feel like we get permission to evolve. And this way we get to spend the whole time kind of going deep on a thing. And today that thing is our favorite Halloween picture books. Um, this topic is so fun. It is. I, Katie loves books and I know our listeners love it when you talk about books. And so we each have four and we're going to move kind of quickly. And then there's a blog post up at themomhour.com. Katie always authors a blog post that kind of goes along with her segment. But this, this time it's super obvious. It will just be this book list and then any others that we don't get to we can add those in so you guys can check out the full list at themomhour.com so we're going to each do four and we're going to move kind of quick so why don't you start us off okay well I'm excited Sarah and I have not pre-shared so here we go yeah um so I actually categorize my not by age but by um best so sort of so yeah so my first category is best interactive book okay um and this first one is a fun discovery that I just actually found while browsing at Barnes and Noble yesterday it's called there's a monster in your book oh cute and it's written by Tom Fletcher and listeners if you guys are familiar with the press here series yes I love those yeah so um if you're familiar with press here it's an interactive book where each page has the child do a command, basically. So um, like push here on the yellow dot. And it's, it's not actually like it's not an actual button, but the, the story evolves as if them pushing on the page has done something. Exactly. For those who don't know. Right. Yeah. It produces some sort of effect. And then when you well, an imaginary effect. And when you turn the page, the effect appears in the illustration. Right. So this there's a monster in your book is the same concept and it's so cute. So, I mean, one of the pages is, Oh no, there's a monster in your book. Shake the book and try and get the monster out. And so I would think that this is a great book for, um, every age from baby to pre or every stage between baby and preschool. Um, I know that when I used to read with my babies, it was kind of, sometimes unsatisfying because yeah. there was not a lot of interaction and they can't always sit still for a true narrative story exactly yeah. so this is perfect you can um tickle their feet along with mm-hmm. the monster's feet and it's just a really cute one it looks really cute with the illustrations too okay so that is there's a monster in, in your, your book. book yeah i love it okay so my first one um is called little boo and it is um, a story. I'm holding a board book version. It's probably one of those that's available in not board book. Um, so it is the story of a pumpkin seed who wants to be scary. And so he starts out as a seed. And so it both tells the story of like seed to sprout to pumpkin to eventually, spoiler alert, jack-o'-lantern. But his whole <laughs> life, he wants to be scary. And he keeps saying boo and nobody's scared. 
And then as the book goes on, it's telling the story of how the seed gets under the earth and sleeps through the winter and then sprouts. He's still not scary. He's like a sprout. Then he's a plant. Then he's a pumpkin. He's like almost there, but he's still not scary. And then, of course, he gets picked and carved into a jack-o'-lantern. And the wind, the wind is kind of like a through line. And then, of course, by the end, he's scary. Like he says, boo. And it's perfect because <laughs> it's Halloween. It's really, really cute. So I guess I like it because... It kind of has like the nature element, like the seasons and um, but it's also I don't know, it's a cute play on Halloween being fun, scary for little kids. There's nothing there's nothing scary about the book. I mean, it's like a little seed yelling boo, but it's really yeah. cute. So it's called Little Boo. It is by Stephen Wonderly. And I don't even remember where I got this. It's, the back says the story of how one little pumpkin seed can't wait to grow up and be scary. That sounds adorable. I've never seen it before. I'm excited to check that one out. It's very cute. Um, Okay, this next interactive one actually is a series, and it is called the Cheerios Halloween Playbook. Oh, we had one of those Cheerios books. Okay. I didn't know they were still around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I discovered the series not in Halloween version, but this um, the whole interactive um, play of this book is you essentially place Cheerios on these different Halloween scenes that have little inset holes Mm -hmm. where the Cheerios are placed. So of course, if you're anti-Cheerio, gluten-free, scared about the Cheerios scare of carcinogens that happened recently. Oh, I'm not even, I'm like so dialed out. Okay. Cheerios. Yeah. Carcinogens, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, Then, you know, you could use other things like yeah. Skittles and yeah. M&M's raisins. other or raisins. Yeah. Um, so take your pick, but it's really cute little, uh, Halloween scenes, pumpkins, black cats, super cute things in costume. Very cute. I love it. Um, okay. My next one is another board book and it's another, I don't see this one around a lot. It's called pumpkin day, pumpkin night. Um, it's by Anne Rockwell. Um, the illustrations are paper cuttings, which is only like something you appreciate as an adult. Like the kids don't care, but I'm showing it to Katie right now. If you look really carefully, it's like someone's done paper collage work and then that serves as the illustration. So it's kind of cool to look closely at the picture. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a really simple story. And again, it's about the beginning of fall. I know it's pumpkin time when leaves turn red, yellow and orange. And it's about a little boy who kind of notices the changes in the se- in the seasons. And then they go to the pumpkin patch and then they carve the pumpkin. Um, my, I always liked reading this to my kids when we were going to go to a pumpkin patch and carve a pumpkin because it's, you know, kids don't remember year to year. And when they're two and three, it's like all new every yeah. year. And this has like kind of a descriptive scene of like how you cut out the seeds and you can roast the seeds and then you cut out the shape and put it on the porch and light a candle. It's just, it's so simple, um, but it's cute. So it's called Pumpkin Day, Pumpkin Night by Anne Rockwell. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Teaching the tradition. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In a very like simple way, but I think sometimes that's just comforting. Yeah. Yeah. Very cute. Okay. So moving on to my next category, I went with the most classic, I thought. So I'm going to start with um, actually a favorite from my own childhood okay. that I rediscovered just maybe a couple weeks ago because okay. I follow this book blogger, which if you guys have not heard of Everyday Reading. Yes. I met her. I sat next to her at um, Mom 2.0. Oh, and I met her okay. really briefly. Like, oh, she, if okay. she's listening right now, she won't know who I am. <laughs> oh, okay. But I do know who she is. And I saw her at Mom 2.0. So she is a former librarian who has four adorable girls ranging in age from baby to I don't know maybe eight or something and um 
in a roundup of favorite Halloween books, she put in this book called Popcorn. I've never seen this. By Frank Ash. And you remember this from your childhood? I do. I don't, I've never seen it. Yeah. And had it not made to this list. Yeah or made it to this list. And had I not read that blog post, I yeah. would have, this would have just never, ever resurfaced. Yeah. I don't think it's one that I still keep, have in my childhood home. Um, so it is such a cute book. It's about this little bear whose parents go to a Halloween party. So he's, you know, bear left home alone on Halloween night. So he decides to throw his own party, oh, cute. his own costume party. And every guest brings popcorn to pop okay so the home ends up getting flooded <laughs> in popcorn but they need to eat all the popcorn in order to you know conceal the evidence that right. he's had a party right. um so they you know the popcorn pop 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 pops it's a lot of fun sounds yeah. and it's a really fun story and what kid does not love yeah. popcorn um and then by the end of the story they just are so sick from popcorn and guess what the parents bring home as a treat popcorn. for yeah for little bear sam some more popcorn that's really cute and i love it the illustrations are very cute and um, yeah. fun like i don't know fun dialogue boxes i might have to read that one to my library kinders it's when i go really in the library fun. that looks it's really a fun cute book yeah i love it okay this okay my last two I still have two more but they're my two favorites okay so this one is called Little Bat's Halloween Story if you're googling it it's Little Bat all one word like that's his name so Little Bat's Halloween Story is by Diane Mayer M-A-Y-R and it is about a mother and baby bat I just read this in my in the library the school library to the kids who live in the attic of a library and the bat discovers story time so I'm showing Katie I'm literally like reading this to Katie <laughs> I know, so I'm enjoying bat, story time the bat peeks his head out and notices that the librarian is reading to kids and he is so fascinated he wants to join story time and his mom says you can't go down there you know you're you're a bat you're gonna scare everybody so she says, wait and wait through the seasons. Keep waiting, keep waiting, keep waiting. And at the very end of the book, as the seasons change, he's able to come out and join story time at Halloween because there's so many bat decorations. He kind of blends in. So I just read this to kinders and little kids at the school library and they totally get it because it's like kind of suspense. His mother says, not yet. You can't go yet. And you see like the library decorations change through the season. And he's like, can I go? Can I go? And then at the end he gets to go. So it's super cute and it's about reading and books and I love it. So that was, I discovered this with my kids at a public library like just in the Halloween section and then I ended up buying it because I liked it so much so Little Bat's Halloween story fun one um okay so my next one is another classic and this one I had never heard of but um it is called The Widow's Broom okay. and this also was on that same Halloween roundup from everyday reading but I put it on hold at the library and it turns out that um this book The Widow's Broom is by the same author who wrote The Polar Express. Yes. Okay. Chris yeah. Van Allsburg. I yes. recognize, I don't think I recognize that book, but I, I recognize his name and the kind of illustrations. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I had never heard of it either, but I just like the fact that it's obviously grounded in some sort of literary merit and tradition if um, it made it to this list. And it's by Chris Van Allsburg. Um, but it, it's basically about this um, broom that loses the ability to fly. Okay. So... And this apparently happens to witches' brooms. Some of them just conk out. Um, and so this particular broom, though it loses its ability to fly. Oh, the pictures are so cool. I know. Gains the ability to do all these other cool things in a household. Okay. 
So it's kind of almost Mickey's Fantasia. Yeah, that's what it's reminding me of. Exactly. When the broom kind of takes on its own life. Yeah. Um, So this broom takes on its own life in this little farm community in in an old woman's home. Okay. And it's kind of a um, fun book for probably preschool to lower elementary. Yeah, it looks um, like it has a lot of text. It like, does have, yeah. yeah, the tense is pretty, or the text is pretty dense on each page. But yes, the illustrations are so cool. Um, and it's a fun introduction to kind of that spookier, yes. for the spook factor and yeah. the supernatural introduction yeah. of all that Halloween yeah. is about. It's a really fun book. I love it. Yeah. Is that from our local library? I'm gonna have to put it on well reserve. yeah it is I have to get it after you yes um okay my last one is, this is the only book of this group that I leave out all year and it is not technically Halloween but it's called pumpkin soup so it just I'm including it it's actually one of my favorite picture books of all time do you have this book I have you read no, it? no I okay. don't but I like anything with soup in it okay so I I love this book so much it is, like I said, it's not actually about Halloween. Um, it is about these a duck, a squirrel, and a cat who live together. They're ostensibly roommates or whatever in this story. <laughs> the illustrations, again, I'm showing them to Katie, are beautiful. Oh, wow. Um, and the language is beautiful. It, is, it doesn't rhyme. It's not a rhyming book, but it has that kind of poetic quality to it. Some repetition, some really beautiful phrasing. Um, but they are they squabble like siblings. So sometimes actually when I read this book, I use the three names of my kids instead of the cat, the duck and the squirrel, because they are they, they're fighting, they're arguing they, over who gets to stir the soup and who gets the spoon. And so kids find that really funny. Yeah. But one of them gets so mad that he runs away. And it's about how the other two, the soup doesn't taste right because their friend wasn't there to help make it and they feel sad and they go out and look for him. And so it's really sweet, like kind of Aww. reconciliation at the end about these three, I don't know, they're not siblings because it's a duck, a squirrel and a cat, but whatever they are, these three yeah, friends missing coming their key back ingredient. together. And then, um, you know, it's also about the cooking and the coming together of the soup. And I love it. So we actually, we have a butternut squash soup recipe that I mentioned a couple episodes ago on when Megan and I did, Megan and I did a more than mom about fall and I linked it up in the show notes, but we call that soup pumpkin soup with my kids, it's really squash soup, but that we like make it every year and sort of, you know, in homage to this book. It's like, Oh, I love that. So yeah. So that's my last. Oh, that's a fun story. Okay. Um, and okay. So this is my last book and (laughs) surprisingly, I'd never heard of this and I did not know that this was a Disney junior TV show. So it is Vampirina Ballerina. I'm sure listeners were guessing that, um, Vampirina Ballerina uh, is a story about a little vampire girl who wants to become a ballerina and blend in. But of course she doesn't because they're all in the lineup and, and, you know, she's nocturnal. So it's hard for her to even get out during daytime. She's better at the nighttime performances and stuff like that. Um, and you know, there she has fangs and everybody else has, is kind of scared of her. And she comes in with her little entourage of a bat and I think a Frankenstein kind of monster. Uh Um, but the illustrations, I mean, you really cannot beat these beautiful watercolor, uh, just whimsical illustrations. It's a fun little story and it kind of has that nostalgic feel. If you ever liked the Munsters or it's kind of very, kind of exactly cute and endearing little monsters. So this is great for preschool, lower elementary age. I I love it. Violet just discovered that show on Disney junior. I haven't seen it, but 
Um, okay. So before we wrap, I want to mention a couple things. One, this is not sponsored by Epic, but you guys know that Epic is a sponsor of ours. If you haven't gotten your two month free subscription, now would be a great time. First of all, cause I think our code expires in November and the code is mom hour when you get it at getepic.com. But again, less about the commercial and more about they do really good job curating book lists. And so it's a great way to like digitally read some Halloween picture books with your kid. But then I would think that's a really good way to see if you want to buy the physical book for your house. You can like try out a whole bunch. And there's a lot of the like kids favorite characters. Like there's probably Clifford's Halloween and fancy Nancy's Halloween, you know, those types of things. Um, But they have, they do such a nice job of pulling them together digitally. So if you're traveling or on the go, Don't forget that that's a good option. Um, And then also in our Patreon group, we have a Patreon Facebook group. So those of you who are in it already, it's really fun and there's good discussion. But there was another book list linked up in that group this week that I will link up in the show notes. So that's been a fun way to share ideas too. You and I aren't the only ones thinking about fall picture books. And I didn't even know most of the books on that list. So oh, like, I didn't know any of them. Yeah. That was such a great yeah. list. And if you love illustrations, oh my goodness, yeah. check out this list that we'll post at yeah. momhour.com yeah. for sure. Okay. So head to the show notes, guys. Katie thinks this was really fun. And Katie will be back with us. I think we should do this for Thanksgiving and Christmas books, don't you? I agree. I mean, I'm just throwing it out Listeners, there. what do you think? Yeah. So let us know if you feel like this idea. Um, okay, guys, head to the momhour.com and we'll um, the blog post with all these books will be there as, as well as everything else we talked about. Happy Thanks. reading. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mama or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.